Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I could not be more excited about the show today because we have Kelly Rippa on the podcast. Of course, you know Kelly from Ruling Daytime on Live with Kelly and Ryan. She's also got a New York Times bestselling book out called LiveWire. If you haven't read it, go pick up a copy. Get the audiobook if you want to hear her read it to you. Get copies as gifts. If you're a talk show junkie like myself, you will love it. So, so good. Kelly also owns a production company called Melojo with her husband, the very gorgeous Mark Consuelos. And I've been fortunate enough to be working with the Melojo team on a project that I hope I can share more about soon. But everyone there has been so kind to me, so nice, including Kelly. And Kelly gave me so much of her time uh, to do this podcast today. And I'm just incredibly grateful. A dream come true. One of my favorite guests that I've ever interviewed. So I hope you all enjoyed as much as I did. I will be back later this week with the Real House Size uh, recaps, but for now, please enjoy my chat with Kelly Ripa. I will put it up on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one if you want to watch it over there. I also have some great recent interviews with Anthony from Queer Eye and so many others. I also want to remind you that I have a holiday movie podcast with my friend Jenna Brister, where we recap all the holiday movies. That podcast is called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. We also just added new merch to everythingiconic.store. So we have Ladies Am I Right t-shirts. We got wine glasses. All that stuff is at everythingiconic.store, which is also where you can get a signed copy of my book, How Do I Unremember This, if you want to give it as a gift for the holidays, or you can get it from your local bookstore or Amazon, wherever. Uh, With all of that said, please enjoy my chat with the one, the only, Kelly Ripa. Hello. I can't believe this is happening. Oh my God. This is my dream come true, Kelly. I'm so nervous. I'm so excited. I'm nervous and I'm excited. And I forgive my tardiness. We just did our holiday show. So what you need to understand is that my face was just dragged through 300 different sweaters because it's our special sweater episode. And so there's just makeup everywhere. It's kind of been a day of carnage. You look phenomenal. Are you doing pajamas for the holiday show or are we doing sweaters? We're doing, it's the festive sweater show. Kelly, let me introduce you. Not that you need an introduction, but we're going to do one anyway. Okay. I'm so excited. We have a a talk show queen, an icon, and a legend, Kelly Rippa. She's got a new phenomenal book out called Livewire. I read it in a day. I loved it so much. You also might know her from All My Children. I, of course, watched you every week on Hope and Faith. Kelly, how are you? Were you a newborn baby when you were watching me on Hope and Faith? No, I was watching that lineup. It was like Life with Bonnie, Hope and Faith. What else was on? I I was obsessed with that. There was a show with Sofia Vergara before Modern Family. There were a couple of shows with Sofia Vergara that passed through. There was like George Lopez was on that night. There was a bunch of us. We were all together. Uh, I don't even know where to begin, but I, I wanted to start with sort of a silly question, and that is the Halloween shows you do with live. Yeah. Do you like those or do you get tired of it? Because it's a lot. It's gotten so heightened now. It's gotten really heightened. Um, we start planning our Halloween show on November 1st. And as pop culture shifts around and moves around, we also move around and bits that are planned or canceled bits that we never thought of. We're doing the, the day before Halloween. Um, there are elements of, it, elements of it that I love and there are elements of it that I detest. And typically I detest when I don't know what it is I'm doing or who it is I'm playing because there are things that I have never seen before. Or I haven't had time to watch or I don't identify with this character in some way. And so I'm trying to learn the speech pattern or learn the behavior of this person by watching a YouTube clip. And that's very challenging. 
Um, and so by the time Halloween happens with the trick-or-treaters at our place, and I'm so over it that I just literally make myself look like a skeleton. And then that's what I, that's sort of my go-to. Right. Well, it's been fascinating to watch the evolution of Halloween on talk shows. And I'm a talk show junkie, but uh, it just seems like every single year it gets more and more. And I keep thinking at a certain point, you guys are going to be like, okay, we've had enough. We're not doing, I mean, on the Today Show, they're dressing up as Charlie Brown and like crazy prosthetics. That's what makes me laugh. It's like the news shows, the news shows. (laughs) I'm like, for our show and shows like ours, I get it because we're an entertainment show and that's sort of what we do. But then you're like watching broadcasters who are talking (laughs) about wars and Ukraine and they're in costume. And it's so bizarre to me, but I guess it's what people want to see. I every year say enough, like every year I go, this is it guys. Next year, if you want a costume, pick one and that's it. (laughs) And that's the costume because that's how we used to do it. We used to do it (laughs) with one costume. And then it was like, we'll do four costumes. We'll do four quick changes. And then it became, we're going to pre-tape this segment about Saved by the Bell or something like that. And then it really became like every day after work, we're shooting for hours a day. There's dance training. There's <laughs> choreography. I remember one year, Cake by the Ocean was the song. And so we had to eat cake in every segment <laughs> and like just smashing cakes into our faces. And I was like, I'm, I am going to have like a <laughs> sugar spike in my blood sugar, like I'm going to have a higher A1C from the taping of this show. Does anybody care? Right. I feel like I'm flipping through all the channels and I'm just, I'm trying to catch every single talk show on Halloween to make sure that I, I catch everything because it's all so absurd. And I, I love the absurdity. Danny, you, do you know, what's, do you know, what's so funny is that a lot of times Ryan and I have no idea what we were doing until we are backstage quick changing. <laughs> They're putting us in our tights makeup wigs and we're watching the show and we go oh that's what that was like we had no idea what it was we were doing until we see it all cut together and then it clicks do you have like a favorite thing that you okay so i don't know if this question will make any sense but do you have a, a favorite thing that is kind of tangentially part of the talk show thing that you do meaning like do you love uh, hosting like the Disney parade or the Halloween episodes? Or do you love doing the pajama party for Christmas? Or is like there one thing that you're like, oh, I really love that special thing we do. You know, I don't really appreciate our show until we do like um, either the viewers choice awards where we flash back and we see everything we did that year And that's really when I appreciate our show. So I would say that's probably my favorite episode because I don't get a chance to watch my show. I don't watch my show after work. It's, you know, we go to work and then we go into work, you know, it's all, I made a joke many years ago that sort of stuck with people and they think that we now work one hour a day because I was like, oh, this show is only one hour a day. It's so easy. I was being sarcastic because it's like 20 hours a day of work to put together a one hour a day show. But people are like, what are you complaining about? You only work one hour a day. And it's so much work. And so, um, you know, not to interrupt you, but yeah. And I, I've said this before and I tweeted about it, but like, I don't think you specifically get enough credit for how easy you make the job look because it is really hard to do 20 minutes just at the top of a show and be engaging. And I don't think people realize, and I said the same thing about Wendy Williams too. I I don't think people realize how tough that is to sit in the chair and entertain people for 20 minutes. And of course, you're trying to make it look easy, but you make it look so easy that people think, oh, I could have a cup of coffee and have my own show, but it's not. It's, it's, I always say this about everything and particularly Wendy Williams is one of the people I too, uh, fixated on because she's such a genius at what she does and she's alone. You know, um, she had her, her, her coffee cup and her hot topics behind her, but she was really talking 
to her audience, whereas Ryan and I have each other to bounce things off of. Um, but it is definitely harder than it looks, especially in this day and age where people tend to be um, outraged by everything and anything you say. So you're constantly sort of Pursing what you would have said or parsing. I'm not even sure if it's pursing or parsing, parsing. What you would say, I don't know. In your mind, thinking like, is this okay to say? I'm going to go for it. I'll apologize later. We'll figure it out later. We'll figure it out later. But um, yeah, most of the stuff we come up with for those 20 minutes is just us coming up with stuff. There are days where we've got nothing. You know, if yeah. if we both came down with like the same stomach bug or something and I'm like, did you do anything last night? And he's like, I was sick. And I, I and I say same. Then it's like, we'll go to the absurd news items and the absurd news items. I am constantly curating Um in the middle of the night, I'll wake up at four in the morning and I just start pulling news items and sending them to my producers. And oftentimes they've already pulled those news items for me, but it's like, I like to have stuff just in case because our show isn't a news show. It's an entertainment show, but we like to have tidbits that are absurd to get people talking. Like the other day, I think it was yesterday, we talked about s'mores on the air and I have been bombarded with s'mores representatives on Instagram <laughs> wanting me to feature their s'mores and their recipes on the show. And it's like, please contact our talent booker. I do not talent not in charge. show. I'm not in charge of that part of the show. But Kelly, you want to know why that everyone wants to get on that show? Number one show in daytime. That's oh, why. thank you. That's thank why. You very much. Thank you. We work hard. We work hard. It's a group effort. It's uh it's a true group effort. We have the best producers and they work really hard and you know, it's it, it's a like I said I said uh um before I'll say it again, it's uh an honor to be invited into people's homes every day. It's not something we take lightly here. We're in a reverence show, but we have great reverence for our, our audience. And so I understand like when they make a choice to tune into you and to stick with you for decade after decade, which they have, it's, it's kind of a miracle, especially now, you know, when I joined this show, <laughs> there was no smartphones, no social media that did not exist. There were no streaming services there was satellite television and that was like our biggest competition. The fact that it went from three channels to like 800 channels, but that was pretty much it. But now it's like people tune in to watch you. That actually really means something because they have zillions of options. Well, you're in this unique space, I think, because you started in 2001, but I mean, I remember my mom was like the biggest All My Children fan. She And she wanted me to ask you if you like playing a punk rocker. So she wanted me to ask you that, which we can get to later. But um, she used to watch it. And so I remember seeing you, Haley and Mateo, on just sort of when I would be homesick or my mom would tape it with the VHS tape and watch it at night. And so I sort of remember that as a kid. And then um, I think you joined the talk show. And it's like so many of us feel like we have grown with you and we have such a connection with you. And it's very rare for someone to be on daily uh, for 22 years. Hundreds of years. Hundreds but, and hundreds of years. But we feel so connected with you in that way. And it's a special relationship. And I imagine there's a lot of pressure. And you you talked about uh not watching the show back. I watch the show at night when I'm uh, even old episodes. I'm like the kind of nerd who gets on YouTube and is like looking at old talk show clips. I was talking to Albert, who you work with about. Yeah, Albert Binkini. Like, yeah. My Albert. life, my life partner. Uh, he's the best. Um, <laughs> but I love hopping on YouTube and watching these clips. And I saw this old clip the other day of it was you and Regis interviewing Miss Piggy. And uh-huh. it was 2005 ish. You're okay. talking about Desperate Housewives, which was big at the time. And you're yeah. asking Miss Piggy, did you watch it? And Regis says something like, um, it, she, Miss Piggy brings up James Denton, who played it plumber on the show. And Regis right. says to Miss Piggy, uh, I bet you want to get your 
uh, pipes cleaned or something like that. It was like this moment and your face is like shocked because he just said a, a pretty yeah. sexual innuendo to Miss Piggy. Yeah, but he had no idea what he right. was saying. I mean, there's no, I mean, he did not understand that at all. I am 100. I don't remember that, but I can tell you with 100% certainty that he did not know what he said and did not mean it that way, right. which was the magic of that. You know, uh, there was an innocence there mm-hmm. that was really funny to watch. Oh, it was so good. It was such a good moment. And you guys cut to commercial and and Miss Piggy and you sort of recovered the moment. But I, I suppose my question is, has there been a time where you said something and um, immediately sort of regret it? Or maybe it haunted you at night. You're laying in bed and you're like, why did I say that comment? Even if it wasn't so bad, but maybe it's just something that sort of stuck with you. Oh, constantly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's... I mean, I do it every day. I'm not kidding. Anytime I think I may have made someone uncomfortable or anytime, um, uh, I mean, there's too many, uh, there's too many to name, but it's a constant thing. I say that it's like there's post-traumatic talk show disorder that only talk show hosts suffer from where you, you think to yourself, oh my gosh, I, didn't mean that the way it came out or, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. Or, oh my gosh, I hope so-and-so wasn't offended when I, you know, but like to narrow it down to one, it's like, there's like 12 a day. There's 12 (laughs) moments a day that I regret. But the good news is, is that you're so busy moving on with live TV that you don't have time to dwell on it. It's like, it'll come back to me at three in the morning. I'll be like, oh, and then that's when I wake up Mark and say, do you think there was this moment on the show? And Mark's like, I guarantee you, nobody's thinking about that except for you, you know, and that's usually right. It's usually Mm -hmm. accurate. Uh, I want to switch gears a bit to the book. I just love this book so much. Each chapter is sort of a little nugget of your life. And we'll, is there any uh, desire to do more? Because I finished it and of course it's like, I need more. (laughs) That's good. I mean, I'm glad to hear you say that. And I thank you for reading it and reading it uh, with such affection. And I feel like you were one of the first people to read it and you posted about it and it, you know, and so I got so much feedback from your post about other people reading it. And, um, you know, when I sat down to write this book, I wasn't sure if I could write at all. And my editor asked me to send her a writing sample because she said, I, we can assign you a ghostwriter. And I said, I'm, I, I, I won't do that. I will either write it myself or not write it. And she said, okay, so before we waste each other's times, because she'd been after me for 20 years to write a book. This Carrie Thornton, who is my editor and now my friend, has been approaching me for 20 years to write a book over and over again. She wanted me to write a children's book, a cookbook, an entertainment book, this book, that book. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not a writer. Um, and then I, she said to, she said to me, write a story, just write a story and send it to me. Just any, a writing sample, anything you want. It doesn't, doesn't mean it's going to be in the book. It doesn't have to be part of the book. Just like send me anything. And I sent her the Richard Gere story because that is the story that I tell my friends. That's the dinner table story. It's the dinner so party story. It's, so good. it's the story that like anytime we're anywhere, somebody will say, Kelly, tell them the Richard Gere story. Like, because we go places not everybody knows what I do for a living. You know, sometimes somebody will say, you're an actor. What does your wife do? And he's like, oh, she has a really interesting job. She hosts like a breakfast show, a morning show. And people are fascinated by that. You know, they think that I wake up at 2 a.m., which is yeah. the number one thing. I'm like, no, I don't wake up at 2 a.m. Close, but not quite. And um, and so I always tell them this story because they're like, oh, you must, you must know all the famous people and you must, your friends must be famous people. And I'm like, actually, I have like almost no famous friends. My friends are mostly civilians and my famous friends I've been friends with before any of us were famous or fame adjacent like I am. And so, you know, I always say like, 
it's not what you think. I'm just as starstruck as the audience. You know, I will never get used to being in the same room as celebrities. It's not, doesn't come second nature to me. I may look like I know what I'm talking about, but that's because we are in a contained situation. You know, when celebrities come on my show, they don't need me freaking out. They don't need that kind of bullshit. But sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's fun to watch you freak out. My favorite is when Madonna's on the show. I love well, when you're I face-to-face mean, with Madonna. Yeah, I love there's it. No, there's, no, uh, there's no level of Madonna. Madonna could come on my show every day for the next 25 <laughs> years. I could live in the same house with her and she will always get that reaction from me because she is simply the greatest showman on earth. She will always be end of story. I've been with her since the Virgin tour and I will be with her from like, you know, from the, from the great beyond tour. Like I'll be, we'll be on that tour together. You know, and I just love her. I think she is so provocative and smart and clever and, you know, a real revolutionary in terms of what she's done with music and in the music industry. And, you know, she gives her flowers to the pioneers that influenced her. And I feel like she does not get the flowers that she deserves oftentimes because she has been so influential to the music industry and 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 the art form itself and i just adore her but i will never not i i will always have an abnormal reaction i i was at andy cohen has a big christmas party every year i'm sure you've heard about his christmas party i don't know if you've been there i have never because been. Uh, it's it's really fun it's really yeah this is like this is the moment where we get you invited okay let's get andy i know yeah we got to get andy on this um because it's a real like i don't go to parties i never go to parties i feel very awkward at them i'm very uncomfortable i'm always afraid of what i might say or do or react and andy's party is like my worst nightmare because it is a who's who of like pop culture and movie stars and music stars. And one day, bing bong, knock at the door and it's Madonna and like her posse. And Andy grabs me and he's like, she came. And I'm like, who came? He's like, Madonna's here. And we were like, like (laughs) everybody in the room was like, you invited Madonna and she came, she's here. And he's like, Go talk to her because people were like the entire, there was a vibe shift in the party. And I was like, how weird it must be for Madonna to have that much influence where a party that is like rip roarious, filled with famous people goes silent because people are stunned that Madonna. She's like Moses, just parts the sea. Moses, (laughs) part of the sea. And so Andy's like, go talk to her. And I ran over because I am a shameless fan. And I picked up the, there was a giant tray of cookies on the table and I picked up the tray of cookies and I sat down on this Lucite uh, coffee table in front of the sofa where she and like all of her people were sitting and I plopped it down on my lap and I just started talking to her about the girly show and blonde ambition. And do you remember the time that you got tonsillitis during the third show of blonde ambition and they canceled it? And I was (laughs) devastated. And I was, it was like, I vomited Madonna trivia at Madonna to the point where I believe it was Mark who like dragged me away. And I was like, and I really loved it. <laughs> he, like, he grabbed the hook. I'm sure to Madonna's relief, great relief, but it got people back to normal because they were like, people stopped talking about Madonna's here and they started being like, Kelly is like Kelly's asshole. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Kelly's is, fucking nuts. <laughs> Kelly needs a restraining order provided on her behalf. Wait, just, what's your number one Madonna song? If you had to pick one. I, you know, I, I have to say it really does. 
God, I'm addicted is like one that I don't think gets its due. And I love holy water. And it's so funny because, but they, but they, they they change. They change. It's like pick your favorite. It's like picking my favorite child. It's like, I can't just pick one. And I like them differently in concert than I do on the album Mm -hmm. and from show to show, because I always go to multiple shows. I like them differently from show to show. Mm -hmm. So I really, it, it, it changes for me. Remixes change things up for me too. I'm very partial to a Madonna ballad. Like I love, I don't think her ballads, I, I mean, all of her dance stuff is amazing too, but it's like a Madonna ballad just hits me different. Yeah. I, I mean, well, she has great ballads. I mean, yeah. she's, she has beautiful ballads. My husband always loves La Isla Bonita, mm-hmm. of course, because that's every man's, I would say every straight man's go to Madonna song. Like that's the one that they know that they love. And I'm like, there's so much more, you know, and we first met when I first met Mark. He's like, what kind of music do you listen to? I'm like, Madonna. And he's like, what else? And I was like, Just, I, only, I only listen to Madonna. <laughs> it's like pretty much the whole, that's it. And rap, Madonna and like French rap. Um, that's and, how I am with Mariah. I, Mariah carries my number one. I mean, I worship Madonna yeah. too, but yeah. but yeah. No, I understand the Mariah of it all. Like I get, I get it. You know, like um, if you, it, it's so funny. Um to he, like my daughter, who's a singer songwriter, she will. Her song's amazing, by the way. Thank you very yeah. much. But she she loves to belt out a Mariah Carey song, and I love to listen to her belt. I'm always like, you should put out more music like that. And she's like, that's not my style. She's like, that's Mariah's style. That's not my yeah. style. I, I, mean, I don't Mar- know what Mariah's these kids are with their styles. I'm like, you kids should all sound like Mariah and Madonna. I know it's true. Yeah, that's or Aretha. It. Oh, yes. And I love when you, ha- I mean, any of the divas, when you have them on the show, because Mariah has been on a bunch of times, I love just watching you and Cher. There's a clip of Cher and you in the dressing room behind the scenes at live. That is phenomenal. Phenomenal. because I mean, she's Cher. She's Cher. And she was so much more Cher in my dressing room than she was. I think sometimes like audiences and cameras make people nervous. And she was just in my dressing room and we were using a cell phone camera to shoot this behind the scenes moment. And it was like the cameras went away and we were just having real talk and share with such uh, an influence for me in my life. And like, I watched her be a working mom. And I think that really influenced me in a very profound, I didn't know it at the time way, you know, moms can work moms work. She's a mom and she's on it. She's, doing a job. And that was like, that stayed with me in a very big way. Kelly, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting emotional right now. I mean, the, I, you're that for me in so many ways too. And so the idea that I'm getting to talk to you right now is kind of blowing my mind. And I have dreamed of always getting to talk to you. And we've sort of been working together tangentially through your tangentially, company, Melojo. Yes. I've been following you for a long time. Like I've been watching you. It's very funny. Did you ever real like, I remember the moment, this happened to me with two people, Katie Couric and you, where I thought I was following you, but I was following some non-authorized account. <laughs> some, so some did imposter. you know there's like another Danny Pellegrino? Like no, but Danny people, <laughs> people do think that I'm Danny from Who's the Boss. So like I get messages. <laughs> no, I don't think that. It was like Danny Pellegrino underscore something. And, and I did the same thing with Katie Cork where I think I'm following you and I'm, and everybody's like, you need to follow Danny Pellegrino. He's so funny. And I'm like, I am following him and I don't get it. <laughs> and everybody's like, what are you talking about? He's the funniest. You oh. are so similar. You have so many similarities in your humor. And then I realized that I was following not you, but the other with respect to the other Danny Pellegrino. I was not following you. And that happened to me with Katie Kirk too. And I was Wait, like, so who were you following with Katie Kirk? Do you know who it I was, was or just some stranger? Like Kate E. Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really do a deep dive. I just, I'm like, oh, follow. Uh, it's like, oh, K Kurt, follow. We have to take a quick break here. I want to thank ACAST. You can find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we'll be right back. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. I'm so nervous. Like you following me, there's a handful of people that I'm nervous that they follow me because I don't want to disappoint you. Like I love you so much that I'm like, I can't disappoint you or Reese Witherspoon. Like, I'm like, that. I can't have, have that. I'm like always scared of it. That happened to me when Madonna followed me. <sighs> and Isaac Boots told me, he's like, oh my God, Madonna followed you. And I was like, what, what, what? And I immediately so- sort of changed everything I posted. I started posting <laughs> only shirtless photos of Mark because I was like, Madonna doesn't want to see my kids. She wants to see eye candy. And that's and- what we want to see too. That's what I, I'd like to see too. It's like, it seems so dark-sided. My thought bubbles of Madonna following me and me feeding her something was like, forget anybody else. I get it. I was playing to an audience of one for a while. Yeah, I get it. I'm like that. And Nancy Myers was like that. She followed me. And I felt like then all of a sudden... My boyfriend, Matt, he was like, you keep posting Nancy Myers clips. And I was like, but she's following me. <laughs> yeah, like, I get it. I get it. It's like, like, I didn't mean to, but it just yeah. happened. And it's like, how did you, how did you find out? Did somebody tell you? I think she like commented or something on, on somewhere. And yeah, it's like, I, there's just a few of you. You're one of those people that I'm like, oh my God, I got to impress Kelly. Like, I got to make sure she's happy. I was pre-impressed. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay. So wait, going back, I keep getting this off track because I'm so nervous, but the book. So would you be interested in doing more nuggets of stories? Because it seemed, and also I want to know, were there chapters that you weren't able to crack? Like, was there a story you're like, Oh, I want to do that. I'd like so to tell many. this story. So many there were, so they actually, um, so Carrie edited 200 pages out of this book. Oh. And there were a couple of stories that I'm like, Still can't believe she didn't think weaved well into the book. Uh, there was one about Martha Stewart and me accidentally shoplifting a book and hey, her what? book signing. Okay. And I really think that's gold. And I'm like, I still say to her, I'm like, you really missed out on the golden because there was a moment in time when we moved into the Time Warner Center. It's going to sound very fancy. And I think that was like, 
you know, Carrie's, Carrie's whole thing is like, you're not very fancy. And this chapter makes you sound fancy. And I go, no, but it, it only makes me sound fancy because it stands out in such a weird way. There was this moment of my life where I became Eloise at the plaza and I was speaking with a British accent for no reason at all, but we were renovating our, we were renovating our apartment and we had rented another apartment and suddenly that lease ran out and we had to move fast. And there was this place that became available in the Time Warner Center and it was like fancy. It was on the 73rd floor of the Time Warner Center. Our neighbors were famous. It was like all windows. We were above the weather. We were above the fireworks. It was like there was a doorman. We did doorman, like a doorman with a cap and like, hello, Mrs. Consuelos. And I was like, good evening. With a cap. <laughs> yeah. And with a cap and like Mrs. Consuelos and the whole thing. And I would like walk in with the kids and I was like, children say good evening. And they're like, hey. And I'm like, Good evening. Totally British accent. <laughs> no reason whatsoever. You know, and I was like never not impressed, like pushing that button that said 73 and our ears popping. The kids are like, my ears pop. This hurts. And I was like, be quiet. This is the greatest. They're like, we hate fun. it up there. <laughs> yeah. They were like, this is scary. And I was like, this is where this is one step closer to heaven. <laughs> anyway, so we're just living there temporarily. Right. But I didn't care. I was like, this is like moving on up. We were George we and Wheezy. We were like in a deluxe apartment in the sky. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I get a phone call. My girlfriend, she says, your best friend is at Williams-Sonoma signing her new cookbook. And I was like, where the story? And we called her my best friend because I love Martha Stewart, but I had no, no like I had no relationship with her. I never met her. I it, she had been on my show, but I had a total stranger fan relationship, right? So I was like, oh my gosh! So I go downstairs. I say to Mark, "I'll be right back. I'm going to get something from William Sonova." I go downstairs in my bedroom slippers. I go downstairs in the elevator because there was an elevator that could take you right into the shops at the time warner center so and you were accessible by listen to this thumbprint you put your thumbprint um, scanned your thumbprint secret doors open i mean i'm talking yeah. <laughs> british accent french accent all the accents right <laughs> and i th there's a huge line and i grab the cookbook off the shelf and I stand in line because I'm waiting in line. And all of a sudden, like one of her like handlers or I don't know who as publicist, somebody sees me and they're like, um, we can take you to the front of the line. And I'm like, oh, oh no, I'm not reading about that in page six. No way. I will stay right here and wait my turn like everybody else. <laughs> and so I wait and I wait and I wait. It's like a substantial line. Book signings are arduous as it turns out there are like people want to tell you things people are handing her recipes and finally and i'm getting nervous now because i'm like oh my gosh this store is going to close and i'm going to get cut off and i should have like taken the opportunity to cut the line but i'm waiting and i'm waiting and i walk up and i am standing there and she looks up and she goes hello what are you doing here and i said i live here <laughs> and she said, in the mall. And I said, yes. And then I open the book and she signs it and she asks if we can take a picture. And I like, yes, like I'm almost in tears. Bathroom slippers. I'm wearing bathroom slippers and just like sweatpants. Like you're and, at home. And you're literally I'm at, at home. home. I'm at home. She's in my living room. She's in my kitchen, William Sonoma. And I'm like, thank you so much. This means the world to me. I, you know, I, I think I feel like I know you much better than I do. And I, you know, I really buy all of your shit. <laughs> and, and then I go to leave and the security guard goes, pardon me, ma'am. Are you going to pay for that? And I realized that I had just taken a book off the shelf <laughs> and now I'm walking back to my apartment 
upstairs. You know what, Kelly? Martha's in your home at this point. So I think it's okay that you stole the book. So I say, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. I don't have any money. Now (laughs) I'm like the lady with no money taking a book. And by the way, I'm sure I have a free copy at the studio because we get all the books, but it never occurred to me to like, you know, so why buy, why take a book when you can buy a book? So there I am. And I say, I don't have my cell phone. I don't have anything, no way to communicate with anyone. I own this book now because it's been personalized to me. Yeah, you can't return it. I say, can I use your in-house phone? And I call upstairs to my apartment and I, my husband now has to like take three kids in their pajamas downstairs with his wallet. And he's like, (laughs) cause I told him I'd be back in a minute. Right. He's now like had to bathe. Like he's had to do things he's never had to do before. He had to get them ready for bedtime. Mark's had to come with the money. He had to come with the money to pay for my book. And then he was like, this is a $68 cookbook. And I was like, I know, but I'm going to make you things in here. I swear. There's something about a signed book too. I think it's like, there's something special about a signed book. Yeah. I I mean, I I mean, to me, I, I I don't know. I just saw Martha Stewart on the, um, Kardashians. She popped up on the new Kardashian series and it's always so fun to watch her just be, I don't know. She's like one of those people you could just watch sort of do anything and it's fun. (laughs) <laughs> well, she's like now, isn't she like, like she smokes weed now or like she's like weedy Martha Stewart. She, she was helping Chloe get like peacocks or something. Like it was, you know, I don't know if you watch the Kardashians, but sometimes they do these like B plots that are just so absurd. And it was like, let's have Martha Stewart on to try to look for uh, um, peacocks. Because we <laughs> should have peacocks. Right. And you need like a pea hen with the peacock, right? Did you learn that? No, no. You need a pea hen to go with the peacock because... They, you know, you can't just, one will get like, I think aggressive. Well, on the show, the one Chloe was going to get flew away. And the poor guy who was running the peacock farm was like, what the fuck? You just made our peacock fly away and you didn't buy it. I'm sure somebody paid for it, but it was like, you just made it fly. Somebody found a peacock. (laughs) Um, Somebody hit the jackpot. What, uh, was there anyone before Ryan came on, was there anyone who you else you would have liked to have the job? Like, was there someone you were rooting for that was like, you you oh. thought that would have been a great co-host or that you loved yeah, aside I mean, from Ryan? There's been a, I mean, there's been a lot. I really wanted, um, there was a time where I really wanted D.L. Hughley and Seth Meyers. Um, I was like all in with, I, I just feel like they're so smart and funny and like, just like real, like, like, family guys, you know, like they're just like normal guys that happen to work in entertainment. Um, I of course always love working with Mark Consuelos. And I know that sounds so crazy. Um, and it's great because like, you know, when he's in town and if Ryan calls in sick, like it's, he's a really easy get, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I literally roll over and I'm like, Hey, Hey, wake up. Ryan's out today. Can you come in? And he's like, uh, sure. You know, and he's like ready in three seconds and he never needs like prep time. He just like does it. Um, there was a time where Anderson and I, you know, really wanted to work together for, I mean, for so many years, too many to count. It just, our timing never worked out. Uh, same with Jerry O'Connell, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. And then, um, you know, in terms of the women, I love Carrie and Anaba and Octavia Spencer. And uh, was there ever discussion about having two women? Like, was that I wanted yeah. I the, I really wanted a woman and they really felt very strongly that it had to be a man. They've always sort of felt that way. But I always feel like I am, I like working with women, like my whole team, like my entire collaborative team, with the exception of Albert, it's all women. And so I always work very well in in that, in that way. Um, And Ryan and I have 
we're like siblings. We've known each other for decades. And so, and we too, like 20 years ago, kept saying, oh, we should work together on something. And he always tried to lure me out to LA because he's like, the weather, you'll love it, you'll love it. Every time I came to LA and would meet up with him, it was raining and freezing. And I'm like, the weather here, newsflash, is terrible. It's just like New York weather, but with palm trees, which (laughs) is kind of depressing. Well, when it rains, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I did not realize that there was a whole other climate to LA until my husband started working there. And we got to spend um, the month of August with him when he was shooting, I think it was pitch. He was shooting pitch out there. And I- Which justice for pitch, that show should have went on much longer than it did. You know, we just had dinner with Ali Larder last night and she was saying it was like, two years before it's time. Mm -hmm. It was just this much before it's time. And it's true because that show had heart and soul and was so compelling. And it's on Hulu. I think right now, if anyone hasn't seen it, it's one season. It's so good. Kylie Bumbry, Ali Larder, Mark Consuelos, Mark Um, Paul Gossler. Also hot. Gossler. Oh, I mean, what a, what a cast. Mo McCray, just a great cast. Uh, so since you knew Ryan, do you prefer, cause I've heard you talk about this in interviews, like with, with Regis, you guys were very much on air and that was part of the appeal it was like, you were able to catch up with each other each morning, but you and Ryan already had an existing relationship outside of that. So do you prefer kind of going in with that yeah. relationship? So Regis had a very different like uh, methodology. He really felt uh, that it should be too strangers discovering each other for the first time in front of the audience. That's not our methodology. Ryan and I are borderline codependent. Like we are like in each other's closets at night. We FaceTime. We're talking about, I mean, you name it, we are covering it in terms of what we worked out, what we're going to have for dinner. He he eats dinner at 4.30 PM. I eat dinner at like 9 PM. So I'm like, well, I'm just finishing up lunch. So here's what I ate and it, I'm feeling pretty good about it. You know, like, so we, we really are like siblings in a lot of ways. And we've been that way for a long time. Um, so I like to work that way. I I find that's the way I work best, but everybody has their own methodology and you'll see there are some like, even filling co-hosts, they have a methodology. Mm. I just like to have a relationship with people I work with because I don't really, like, there's no, for me, the authenticity of a relationship is the thing, you know? Um, and when you're two people, uh, like discovering each other for the first time, it's supposed to be like everything is a surprise. But it's like nothing is really a surprise because the producers are briefing you all over the place. So it's like that to me just felt like like artifice, like fake surprise. I don't know. It's just like not the way it to me. It's like a different. But it's like if that's the way a person prefers to work, then that's the way I will work. You know, it's like I like even now it's like if it's a filling co-host and they prefer to just discover it all on the air, then that's Let's the way we're going to do it. Because it's like my job to make them comfortable. So that's what we're going to do. You, you mentioned making it comfortable. And I was so happy reading the book because there is this beautiful chapter about live and you explain sort of coming into that workplace and your relationship with Regis. And it must be frustrating that oftentimes the media, no matter what you say, it gets sort of pieced out and you mm-hmm. say all these wonderful things about this person that you worked with and how talented yeah. he was and all these great things. Yeah. And then the headline becomes the, the thing yes. about Regis that was maybe not so glowing, but your experience. And yeah, I find that with women, it is always the case. And I think we often now look back on the way that we treated women back in the day or in a different era, but it still often happens. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, I have to get back to my all my children question for my mother. Did you like playing the punk rock version of Haley Bell? I've got to tell your mom that I was so liberated because, you know, back in the day when I was on all my children, as your mom can tell you, there were only three channels, only three. And when all my children came on, there were like crowds of people that would gather outside of the studio every day and wait for the show to stop taping. And then the stars would be signing autographs out there for out. Like it would be like an appearance. Like they would just be signing autographs. And when I was Haley Vaughn in the wig and the kabuki makeup and the whole thing, nobody ever recognized me when I would come out face washed, wig off. And I would just like get in the cab and go home or, you know, walk to my apartment. Nobody had any clue who I was. And so that was like a great, it was very liberating. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for taking the time. The last two questions I ask all of my yeah. guests are your favorite Mariah Carey song. And if you were choosing for People Magazine, Sexiest Man Alive, who would you choose? But you can't choose Mark, even though many of us would. Mark is always my choice, though. He's it, like, literally, he does it for me. He's it for me. I mean, he is it for all of us, Kelly. Um, Let's see. Who would I choose? David Muir, Sexiest Man Alive. Favorite Mariah Carey song that's not all I want for Christmas is you? Yes. Okay. I will say Vision of Love. I go back to the original because when she hit that note the first time and every time since, the chills on the back of my neck, you know, like it's never, it never fails. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time. I love you so much. And I I, I will be crying after this because this was a complete dream come true. So everyone We're going to do it there. again. We'll do it again. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kelly. I love you. Love you. Bye. 